For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you getting up and getting at us early here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here to hang with you for the next two hours to talk about Philadelphia Eagle football. Yeah, there'll be some other football topics thrown in there, but mostly Philadelphia Eagle football and mostly Hassan Reddick. Um, Johnny Mac, I want to start today's show talking about Social media. I know one of your favorite topics. You you live Ooh. for X. Um, Here's a perfect example, by the way. I know where you're going. While, go ahead. While I, uh, I, I am not as uh, vehemently opposed to uh, Twitter slash X as you are, I readily admit there's a whole bunch of trash on there. There's people who just spout off and put stuff out into the universe and it has no meaning and is woefully off uh, uh, truth. And I get it. There's a major downside to social media, but there's also an upside. And we saw it yesterday. Uh, Jordan Schultz of uh, Bleacher Report, who I will readily admit, I'm not a follower of his on Twitter. When I'm looking for football information, Bleacher Report is not usually the first place I go. They're much better with basketball than they are with football, to be truthful with you. Uh, but he got uh, Hassan Reddick 
on record on Twitter yesterday. Hassan responded by quote tweeting what he put out there and adding to it himself on social media. So it was a very good tool yesterday for an Eagle fan. You found out a lot of information yesterday via social media, which uh, could help you understand where the uh, Eagles and Hassan Reddick are at in their ongoing negotiation. Um, I saw some on Twitter and some broadcast opinions here in Philadelphia calling the Philadelphia Eagles liars. No, they weren't liars. They no. might have been a little misleading, but they weren't liars yesterday. Uh, but Hassan Reddick did not request a trade. Hassan Reddick did not ask for a trade. He sure as hell didn't demand a trade. But the conversation between Reddick and the Eagles got to that stage, and apparently it was the Philadelphia Eagles' idea for Hassan Reddick to go out and see what his value is on the open market. Um I, I didn't know. And yes, shame on me. I'm guilty. I assumed it was uh, Hassan requesting a trade rather than the Eagles suggesting a trade with the revelation of how things went down yesterday. What do you make of all this? Is it a bigger mess, a lesser <laughs> mess? Uh, what do you, how do you reevaluate if you change your opinion at all about how we've gotten to the position where we are? I haven't changed it at all. If you rewind to our shows talking about it, this is exactly how it was parsed in the fact that uh, it wasn't necessarily, you know, there's a difference between asking for a trade and getting uh, permission to seek a trade. And when you hear getting permission to seek a trade, it's an indication that the organization wants the player and his uh, agent to go look and say, all right, we're not being unfair. And I mentioned they don't want a malcontented player in the building. So you open it up. They did this with Darius Slay last year and said, you know what? If you think we're being unfair, go talk to anybody you want to talk to. Engage your value around the NFL. And that's the Eagles' strategy here. It's their, whether you want to call it negotiating ploy, but it doesn't mean they're going to trade him. Uh, it just means we think we have a good handle on the market, and this is your value, and go out and see if you can get more. And if that makes you happy and you can get more and things can work out and it's a win-win situation, um, and by the way, you should follow Jordan, um, Jordan Schultz. Um, it does a tremendous job. Um, Stads Howard Schultz, if you remember Howard, owned the Supersonics, uh, Starbucks CEO. So, you know, he's you know had a leg up in life, but he does a very good job. Um, and, and when I say social media, I'm not talking about professionals. I'm talking about... Anybody who doesn't have their real name in their their Twitter profile, their X profile, that's just out there to troll. And we'll talk about Jalen Carter, I imagine, lately. That stuff is just a disaster for professional athletes. And they take it, uh, A.J. Brown, I mean, who's a tremendous guy and, um, you know, takes stuff to heart. And, you know, it gets to them. And I'm like, just get away from it if it gets to you. Uh, and it gets to everybody at some point. I mean, there's trolls all over the place on, on social media. If 
But I'm not talking about professionals. Yeah. And if you want to get your message out there and the sound Reddick wants to get his message and say, look, I didn't ask for a trade. Um, and this is just part of the process. And I, it's only speculation, but I'm guessing he wants anywhere from somewhere between 20 and 25 million. Um, Probably, you know, you go for as much as you want. You shoot for the stars. So probably near that 25 million mark. And the Eagles are saying, look, we can't give you that, but we can give you this. And that's the that's the tactic. Go out and see your value. If you think we're undervaluing you, go check with other teams and see what the value is. It is a way to do negotiating. As a matter of fact, I'll give the Eagles some credit for this because, as you stated, they went down a very similar road with Darius Slay last year. And it ended up Slay went out, checked the market, and said, yeah, all right, this is kind of where I am. And the Eagles aren't that far from it. So they were able to, to bridge the gap and get a deal done and uh, keep Slay here on a re- renegotiated, uh, reassembled contract. So it's viable. You can do it this way. There are some teams, and I, I can tell you, a uh, quick funny story. Um, back in the 90s when I was on WIP in the middays with my buddy Glenn Mack, now my other Mack and Mack guy, um, we had Bobby Clark on, who was the general manager of the Flyers at the time, and they had a contract coming up. I might have been Lindress or might have been Claire or somebody. Uh, and I asked him a question about, well, a comparable player is making this kind of money, so are you willing to get into And Bob Clark just flat out said, we will not allow other teams to dictate our salary structure. And I thought it was one of the most naive things I'd ever heard in my life. Uh, Bob, that may be what you want. That may be what you think is right. But that's not the real sports world in which we're living. It's just a fact of life that other teams with the salaries that they give out have an effect. Sometimes it's an immediate and direct effect. Sometimes it's kind of a tangential effect. But they absolutely affect your salary. There's just no way around that. So why not just go directly to it and say, all right, here's what we think you're worth. You think you're worth it. We got a pretty good gap here. Somebody's closer to being right than the other. Well, let's let a third party kind of come in here and and give us some numbers to and perspective to make this. It's not a bad thing. You have to admit to the fact that other teams will have an effect on what you pay pay your players. Teams don't probably prefer that not be the case, but it's the reality. So good on the Eagles that they're willing to say they're not above it, that we'll dictate exactly what our salary is. No, we know the way the game is played. We see the reality of the the league and the situation it's in. We'll, We'll let you go out and shop around and see what kind of a number you get. Now, it's a calculated risk. Because the Eagles have their number. You just threw out a couple there, certainly more than the 15, probably less than the 25, which is the second highest contract for a pass rusher. So where in the middle does that fall down? If it comes back more to the player's last ask number closer than it does to the Eagles number, now you got yourself an issue if you're Howie Roseman. Because Howie's putting it out there and giving him the permission because he thinks he knows what the number is going to come back or close to what the number is going to come back. If the player's right, it's going to get expensive for the Eagles. Will it not, John? Not necessarily because if it hits a certain number and how he's very disciplined. So from his standpoint, he understands, you know, then the trade aspect comes into it. And if you're willing uh, to pay Hassan Reddick, uh, 
what he feels is exorbitant money. Well, you also have to give them something in return. Uh, it's not a free agent situation. So, um, and we're going to have Brad Spielberger on later in the show, and he's he's great with contracts. And he did a story about a potential Hassan Reddick trade, and it's right where we thought it would be with a second-round pick. And if Howie gets a second-round pick, he'll be fine, I'll say. Godspeed, good luck, and, and, and go in a different direction. So uh, from his standpoint, it's really not that much of a gamble um, because he doesn't have to trade him. Um, um, you know, worst case scenario, you play out the contract, um, you take the significant salary cap hit, which the Eagles don't want to do. So there's urgency from both sides. Um, he has the biggest salary cap uh, number on the team as we speak right now. Um, so he doesn't want that either. But at the end of the day, if that's what it is, that's what it is. The Eagles are trying to avoid that because they don't want a disgruntled player. Uh, and that's why they're going about it the way they they are going about it. But there's a bunch of fail saves. It's not like if he goes out and says, Houston wants to give him $25 million because that's the team um, Brad had him being traded to. Um, well, you know, they also have to give up something significant and, uh, either they do it or they don't do it. It's not like the Eagles are forced into a box and say, Oh, I got to pay him 25 million and $1. It's just a calculated gamble from his, his standpoint and Jake Rosenberg's standpoint of, we feel we have a good, um, good handle on the market. And they're usually right in that instance. I don't, I don't criticize. They're not going to be, you know, you might not be perfect all the time, but it's not going to be crazy. Just to, in other words, if they have it at 18 or 19, I don't think you're going to see another team come in and say, oh, we're going to give them $27 million average annual. I, it's not going to be that. So they have confidence in their ability, and it, it's it's worked in the past. And it generally works because – they have a good feel for it. Agree on all fronts. The one thing I'd put a little bit more emphasis on is, I said it before, I'll say it again. There are downsides if they don't get this done. Because just playing out the last year of his contract, not only do you have a disgruntled player on your hands, and the Eagles specifically, and, and I would not have a problem with Hassan Reddick being disgruntled. Because if the way it was laid out yesterday uh, via reports and social media and aside himself, the Eagles seem to be the ones who decided, why don't you just check the market? We're, we're having trouble getting to this middle ground here, so uh, we need a, a point of reference. So, Hassan, feel free, you and your agent, to see what's out there. If you go out there and find someone who's willing to pay you what you wanted, it, what you're asking for, and then the Eagles go... Yeah, no, they'll only give us a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick. We can't give up on Hassan Reddick. He's got every right to be a disgruntled player. You can't just say, all right, Hassan, we tried. We just couldn't make it work. Throw your arm around him. Let's get back and play great football again next year. That's going to be a pretty tough sell. So you're going to have a disgruntled player who, oh, by the way, this past year, I know you went differently yesterday, he was their best defensive player on their team. The best defensive player for me 
was Hassan Reddick. Uh, that's kind of a tough way to start a season under a new defensive coordinator is make your best defensive player a disgruntled player by not being able to get a deal done. That's putting some pressure on Vic Fangio first uh, first day in the door. Oh, by the way, our best defensive player really isn't happy with us because we allowed him to go out and seek a trade. He found a trade, a willing partner, but they weren't willing to pay our price. Yeah, get him playing great football again, Vic. That, that's kind of tough. That's where I'm saying there is a downside to this, uh, and I'm not saying it will end up this way, but it is a possibility the Eagles could paint themselves into making it difficult on their new DC. Well, yeah, uh, Vic's been around a while. He's knows, you know, you look at what happened in Miami. He's used to dealing with, uh, you know, and part of the problem is as well, where the Eagles feel comfortable um, is they know Hassan Reddick and he's not going to be that way. Number one. I mean, he already proved it last year when I, in my opinion, he should have held in. I said it yesterday. Um, he never would have had more leverage than he had coming off the 2022 season. Uh, that's when I would have uh, struck, so to speak, uh, looking for an adjustment, extension, whatever you want to call it, restructure. Um, and he didn't because he's a professional. And he signed the contract and he played and he played hard. And same thing's going to happen this year. Unfortunately, guys like that get taken advantage of at certain points. And that's why I never criticize players for holding out, holding in, whatever. You got to seize your moment because when when you have a bad year, oh, they'll kick your can to the door as quickly as humanly possible. So I never have a problem with players trying to get as much leverage as possible. There are certain players, and I, I put Hassan in that category, that aren't going to be troublemakers, and he's one of them. All right, well, hold, hold, time out, Philadelphia. Are you suggesting that Hassan Reddick won't hold in this year? You said he probably no, he might hold well. in, but that, okay, that, that, well, that that's not a problem. That's okay. not that, that's not a problem. I mean, that's just an indication that I don't want these significant fines. And I'll show up to camp and I'll go to meetings, but I'm not going to practice. And it happened again, not a whole lot, but there were a handful of players around the league that did exactly that. And, and the most notable because of the comparison, the edge rusher to edge rusher, Daniel Hunter, they worked out a deal and he got a raise and he mentioned he had a great season. Now he's back on the free agent market, ready to cash in. Um, I imagine the same thing would eventually happen with Hassan Reddick. Maybe it's a one-year placeholder just like that. And you get, you know, 15 turns into 19. You help the salary cap and he plays for a little bit more money and then he's completely free the next uh, spring. I, I don't think the hold in would be a problem whatsoever. And the fact of, of being ready to play, Jeff Mosher had mentioned correctly yesterday on the show, this is not a guy. Nolan Smith needs practice and needs to get ready and needs to get ramped up and needs to do all this stuff to get ready to play a more significant role. I, I Hassan Reddick could hold in for the entire training camp, show up a week before week one, and he'll be ready to go. So I, I wouldn't worry about that either. 
So there's a my my point is, and this is why the Eagles did it. There's a lot of fail safes in here for the Eagles. Um, and you it, and 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 you know, other than the fact that Hassan probably thinks I did it for you, so I should have more value to you than anybody else, and you should want to pay me. And I get that from a player standpoint, but the Eagles are always going to be disciplined from a, a financial standpoint. And um, and if things don't work out and they're ready to move on, they'll move on. They're comfortable with that aspect as well. And, you know, I, I looked at the, the edge defenders currently set to be the free agent and everybody is looking at uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, who uh, mainly because he played Miami last year with Vic and maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't work out. He had a really good season last year. It would be demonstrably cheaper. I mean, much, much cheaper. Um, can he back it up? Can he play full time? You know, is he a son Reddick? No, but you're talking 20 plus million versus seven, eight million, you know, then you can do some other things. So the Eagles are comfortable either way. I'm not comfortable losing Hassan Reddick. That's just me. Um, he was certainly their best edge pass rusher. I think he was their best edge defender. Um, if they can get a second round pick for him, that's better than getting nothing for him. But that second rounder isn't going to come in and, and be able to give you Hassan Reddick's production. I'm not sure if uh, Mr. Smith is ready to step up and give him that production. It's like you said, they're disciplined. And part of what makes Eagles a very good team is that discipline. But if you're in it, going into a season, heading into a season where your goal is to get back to the Super Bowl, not in a, a process and building up and getting there, the Eagles aren't there right now. And losing Hassan Reddick would set them back in, in my opinion, in that goal of getting back to a Super Bowl after finishing up with a collapsing season that they just had. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Mac and Mac Birds 365. John referenced one of the guests we're going to have with us, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com is going to jump in. He's got as good a grasp on the salary structure of cer certainly the league in general, but even specifically positionally like edge pass rushing. Uh, we'll get uh, Spielberger up in hour number two, but hour number one, we're heading down to shore. Oh, it snowed down there too, I believe. Uh, it snowed where I was at. We'll find out from Mike Gillis. He had to get out and actually do any shoveling yesterday. There's no way, by the way, that Gil did any shoveling yesterday. Not a chance, not a prayer. Not not with any of his fancy T-shirts on. No, he didn't shovel yesterday. But he's going to shovel the you-know-what with us right here on Birds 365. Coming up next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes 
to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Lucky enough to have Mike Gill from down the shore, who always has some kind of new shot. He's got the bay window in the background again, looking good, uh, and he's got a t-shirt on. But you're a little dark today. Is that is that just the the shore? Or is that your computer? You're a little dark, Darth Vaderish today, Studley. What's up there? I don't know. I'm sitting in a spot that I'm normally. Maybe uh, I don't know. I'll try to. Maybe I'll change, change those there. bulbs. Come on, Mister FYI. By uh, the way, no snow down the shore. None? Yes, yeah. Zero? None. Right, no. Right. That's good. No That's snow. Good. I'm actually... So, on this show, I'm known for t-shirts. But down the shore, I am the king of the quarter zip. So, I yeah. walked outside a little earlier today, and I have my Mountaineer Athletic Club because I donate money. They sent me these cool yeah. shirts. Yeah. It's wait, funny. Wait, 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 wait. Mountaineer Athletic... What is that? Uh, like if you donate money at West Virginia, yeah. you get like yeah. uh, they give you like different. I have a bunch of different polos and pullovers and shirts you get for for your donation. Okay, yeah. right. you got to go. You got. You're getting pullovers. You're going pretty heavy with that donation, Mike. Well done. And we're getting worse. <laughs> the team's getting worse. They're spending too much money on the Mike Gill pullover shirts. Right. Got to get, get more money into that NIL and pick up the. Oh, I, the... I, I do have a radical thought that I think I think Bob Huggins will be the basketball coach next year. Wow, Huggy going back to West Virginia. He has not had a drink since that night, man. From what I understand, he's lost a ton of weight. Has not had a drink. He shows up 
to a lot of the games. I don't know. They give him that job. He's going to celebrate, and some bad things are going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. They know. miss him, man. They miss him. Yeah. All right. I hope you're what, right. What, what have we got? Weird screen. What happened, Tone? Tone? Where are I we? Look like we got a big Jody. We got there. Uh, there, there he we is. Go. We got we got go back. That uh, is his three quarter uh, pullover. All right, Mike. Let's get into Eagles football. Hassan Reddick yesterday set the record straight. He never asked for a trade with the information that was disseminated on Sunday. Which, by the way, I said this last night on WIP. You agree with me? Uh, all three of us are old enough to remember what the Friday news dump was all about. That if you wanted to get a story out there, but you didn't want much coverage on it. You put it out there late Friday afternoon, the Saturday newspaper, like Yo Thick, uh, television coverage, lesser because they're moving to their weekend people. I didn't know we were going to get the Super Bowl Sunday morning news dump. Yeah. That under the radar because they kind of got an important game coming up later in the day for all the marbles. The Eagles tried to sneak this one out there. There's no question that the Eagles were the ones who put this information out, correct? Yeah, I think this one's pretty simple to connect the dots. I mean, I, I'd like it to the Jerry Maguire movie with Rod Tidwell where the agent says, you know, hey, we need to talk about his contract. And, you know, the Eagles are kind of like, eh, not now. Um, if you want to go find someone that you think is going to give you more money, feel free. But we're okay with where we're at. And then it's, well – we gave him permission to seek or the Eagles gave us permission to seek a trade if we want. So then he says, well, I never asked for a trade. No, but you asked for a radius most <laughs> yeah, likely. Exactly. The Eagles yeah. were not interested yeah. in look. The Eagles are in a, a spot where they got burned by the 30 year old guy last year. You know, they gave Bradbury the deal after the big season he had, and then he was not very good. No. Um, Reddick is in a spot where nobody's suggesting he didn't have a good year, but the Eagles have to get back to their roots of, do we let you go the year too early or do we sign you again and get stuck? And I think they're in that spot where they are in a really weird position. Are they a contender in their mind or do they have to make the smart decision here and say we can't afford to get stuck with a guy who's losing a step not suggesting he is losing a step but what if he does and you're stuck on an extension with him they're in a really interesting spot here so i can understand them saying go see if someone else wants to pay you and, and we'll work out a deal if not <clears throat> play on that deal because he's got two options as i see it he finds someone else who wants to a pay him an extension and the trade gets consummated or B, he's got to come back with his tail between his legs because he couldn't find another deal, right? No, I think there's a C. I, I think, you know, Darius Slay is the C. Uh, basically, you come back and you say, all right, $25 million, whatever, isn't out there. Um, Eagles give him more money up front because this is the Pono year of his contract. They extend it by year. They put on a couple of Boyd years. He gets, I don't know, I'm just spitballing. He gets somewhere in 40 million guaranteed and, and the Eagles get salary cap uh, relief because he's his, his salary cap number this year is scheduled to be near 22 million. So the Eagles have some urgency as well. They don't want to, they don't want to pay him that cap number. Um, the salary isn't a problem. The cap number is a problem. 
Um, so, you know, the adjustment, the short-term adjustment like they did with Slay, that that would be door number C, and I would say most likely still. Well, yeah, you could okay, so then you can say that either way, the Eagles get what they want, then they don't have to give him yeah. this extension, and they're getting him on a deal that's more cap friendly for them. But the, the the crux of it is and the player gets more money. The we're telling you money. to go out and tell show us you're worth more money, and that door is not going to be open for him, most likely. Now, there's been some reports, you know. I think Jordan Schultz, who, who reported this yesterday, was well. There's a lot of going to be a lot of interest on him. Well, yeah. sure, there's going to be a lot of interest in trading for him. But what about extending him? Do those, are those two married? Yeah. Well, the world. Uh, should I give some inside baseball? The world of information brokers. Hat tip, Mike Sealski. He created that. Is about you know you're getting information from the agents. Um, and you have to spin to get that information. You have to spin things very positively for the clients, in this case, Hassan Reddick. So that's when you see, oh, I don't know, Sean Desai, whoever it was, Ian or Adam, you know, Sean Desai is going to have a lot of interest in defensive court. No, he's not. We all know he's not uh, coming off what happened here, but that's sort of the information broker aspect of it. And for anyone that, yeah, the Eagles, you know, typically you'll say, you know, Adam will have something like uh, this, where I think Ian broke this and you, you, you try to confirm it with the Eagles and um, you know, sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. And it'll be a quick little leak source. Yes. Uh, leak source. No, blah, blah, blah. I got a bookload of background on this right away. So it was in the, it was in the, it was in the chamber ready to go. Um, so that's sort of a little bit of the background of how this stuff unfolds. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Hassan's a very good player. Are there going to be multiple teams buying to pay him top of the market money? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. And I'm sure the Eagles are pretty confident in that. Yeah. And that they would then have the ability to say, we can do this for you, but we're not going to give you three years at top market value. Um, you know, and sometimes precedent is there. You know, unfortunately, we did it last year and it burned us. We're now we're stuck with Bradbury's deal, uh, which if we want to get out of it, we're still on the hook for what? Almost 12 million bucks. Not a business we want to end up getting in. Right. Well, here's what I think you're not uh, putting enough emphasis on, Mike. Let's say he goes out and there's a team. I'll create a team for you just to, for, for argument's sake. The New York Giants, which I don't really think they're a team, but they know the Eagles are in a position. They know the Eagles would prefer to keep them, get a fair market deal done. So they tell Hassan Reddick's agent, oh, we'll give them the $25 million you're looking at. You need three years, twenty-five per uh, three seventy-five. Yeah, if if we were to trade for Hassan Reddick, we'd be willing to pay him that. So Hassan and his agent go back to the Eagles and said, "We've gotten a three-year, seventy-five million dollar offer. Um, his preference is to stay with the Eagles, but uh, if not, we're ready to uh, move along, and you should be as well." So the Eagles call the Giants, and they would prefer to trade him to someone other than a team in their division. And they go, all right, yeah, we're here. To, we're going to need a second, maybe a little topper on top. And the Giants go, we'll give you a four. 
And Howie goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to trade him to you for a four. All right, good luck. And they hang up the phone. Now you've got a guy coming back. You've described him as tail between his legs. I don't think so. He got the $25 million offer per year. All you have is a, an annoyed guy, an unhappy guy coming back to your team. We'll be holding in, as uh, Johnny Mac likes to call it, because it's a uh, great turn to describe. Oh, I, hamstring, hamstring. I can't practice. That's not good, Mike Gill. It's not a guy coming back with a tail between his legs. A guy coming back with an attitude. In that scenario, yes, um, I find that to be an unlikely scenario, but it's plausible. Why would you say that is unlikely? If, if you're the Giants, if you're the general manager of the Giants, why wouldn't you do that to the Eagles? And oh, by the way, we've referenced it a couple times, the Eagles can't afford to have him playing on a $21 million cap number this year. They can't. That will. That's a domino effect thing that will affect. Their oh, well, let me, let me ask this question, and John, maybe you know the answer to this. Can they get an offer in hand before a trade? Can they say, hey, we have a three-year, $75 million deal from Chicago. They've got a ton of cap space. Can you trade us? That seems to be a little tampery. No, uh, they're giving them permission. You're getting permission to seek the trade, not an extension. No, well, well that's you part know, of it. Everyone you're, knows yeah, they go hand in no, hand. Yeah, you're you're negotiating a potential Absolutely. contract. But my point is, yes, you might have the information. If you trade us to Chicago, Chicago is willing. But I'm yeah. saying, would you get the information first and say, they're willing to give us the extension. Will you trade us there? Absolutely. Or does it have to be oh, the yeah. other way around? Yeah. That's, that, no, that, yeah, that's the whole thing is you're negotiating – uh, contracts with other teams as well. And, you know, the agent, that's why you do it. So you're saying, in well, other words, how... When can that start then? They can't talk... I mean, I guess he's not a free agent, so he could essentially talk about a new deal. Oh, they can any talk about... Team? Anybody can do it any day. Now, if you don't have permission, Correct. You, can get your, you can get hammered. You can, you can get caught for tampering. The Eagles have granted him permission to talk to all other teams. For a trade, which includes, everyone knows, a contract extension. So that's yeah. all inclusive. Nobody's going to get any trouble well, then, for making yeah, them an then, offer. Then, under your scenario, Jody, the answer would be, well, that trade is not, you know, we're not entertaining a fourth-round pick, so sorry, we're, we're not trading you. Then, yes, you're in a position where you probably have an unhappy camper. But I guess that's where John's scenario comes into play is, why we won't give you an extension, we will give you more money to play in the 2024 season, a la what we did with Darius Slay. Because, yeah, remember, the Slay, he, he was told he could go find a trade. Yeah. And, you know, that never materialized. And either. they gave him an extra year. So, you know, that's say, what I'm were, saying, short were, term. It was more short than term. just, we'll give you more money. That yeah. was a negotiated extension. And it was essentially guaranteed two years, you know, because they can't cut Which him I this year. I think the Eagles would be open to. Yeah. I think they would be more open to saying, we'll give you the more money up front for this year, and then we'll throw a year yeah, on. I it. still think that's the most likely scenario. Yeah. Slay now, I'm pretty sure in the audio that we played yesterday on my show from Jordan Schultz, he thought the most likely scenario was that he would likely be traded, could be mm -hmm. completely opinionated, as you said, uh, agent-driven, but I don't see that. I, 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 don't, I just feel like the league, the league is in a spot, unless you have a team. Like Chicago, to me, is interesting 
And I don't know what defense they're playing out. Who's the coordinator out there now? Matt Eberflus runs the defense. So So do they feel that, man, we have the number one pick. We're in in a position to really – their defense was solid last year. If we just get that one extra player, we have the cap space. Let's make the splash, even if we have to make a decision that might be a little – um, you know, overzealous. We're giving an older guy some money. Like, I don't know how many teams, it feels like the league is kind of getting away from doing that more and more and more. Yeah. I I got to tell you, I think the whole thing is about, look, you know, Hassan gave them a number, his camp, and the Eagles gave their number, and they're not close. And the Eagles want him to see what his real number is around the league. And I think the Eagles are are playing that game of, we feel we have a pretty good handle on on the market as a whole, and we'll see if they're right, um, and they'd be willing to adjust. That's why I think it's going the way it's going. You know, part of the problem is if they trade them, right, you want a draft pick this year in theory. Um, but if you trade them pre-June 1st, you're taking on 20 something million in dead money and you're taking on, you're getting 1.2 million in cap savings. So you trade them post June 1st and the numbers go down to 6 million in dead money, 16 million in cap savings. Well, that doesn't help you in the draft though, right? Because you can't, it's not like a release where you can designate it post June 1st, the trade, you can't do that. You, do you, so, you don't think this is a scenario where the Eagles are just looking to get out and take seventh, sixth round pick, right? No, no. I think it's a, exactly what I said. I think it's a slay scenario. Mm-hmm. You get an extra year, you get more money up front. So the player, that's the compromise. So the player gets more money up front. He gets essentially two years worth of salary, most of it up front because the, the actual salaries will be very low. You kick on a couple more Boyd years and you, you spread out the cap uh, relief and you can start building the team in other directions. I think that's that's the most likely scenario remains. But unfortunately, to Jody's point, and I said, I don't know if you heard, Mike, before you came on, I don't think Hassan's that guy. There's certain guys that are going to create troubles, create waves. I don't think Hassan Reddick's that guy. So Unfortunately for people like that, and by the way, I have tremendous respect for players like that, but they get taken advantage of at times because they they know at the end of the day he's going to come in and play hard, and he did it last year. Yeah. Well, he, he had a pseudo situation, I guess, this year where people were murmuring about it, whether or not. Yeah, because everybody knew. Everybody knew he outperformed his contract. Everybody knew he was underpaid. I, I find the interesting part to this all is the – so he had 16 sacks two years ago. Last year he has 11. And, of course, he this comes out, and the fan base is almost like, well, then fine, leave. We'll get rid of you because you weren't as good. Mm. Not the case, though. I mean, if they lose a guy like Hassan Reddick, where are they replacing that? Now, some have suggested, well, listen, you, you've got to figure out, you know, all he does is rush the passer. He's not very good against the run, yada, yada, yada. What are you paying a guy who's going to be 30 years old, who had 11 sacks? Pop might be taking a step back. Maybe not. I don't know. What, yeah, what's that's the value of that so, guy? That's where I think the Eagles 
are in a little bit of an interesting spot here, and mainly because of the freshness of the wound of getting beat on one of these deals last year. That's fair, but here's what I would say if I'm the Simon Reddick's agent, and it's not that hard to come up with this. Um, he had 11 sacks in 10 games in the middle of the season. Got off to a slow start, didn't get any sacks in the last four games of the season. Well, why? Why did he get off to a slow start? Maybe because he was playing with a club on his hand <laughs> that he had a broken finger. I agree. And then he had that cast that he couldn't play and handle and push and use his hands the way he usually does. Maybe that's why he didn't get any sack in the first three games. Well, he, he also didn't have any sacks in the last four games. Right. Either. Oh, I got the answer to that too, Mr. Roseman. Don't look at us. We didn't uh, push Sean Desai out the building. Your coach did that. Uh, your guy, Patricia, didn't do a real good job of putting my player in a position to make plays, get sacks. I'll tell you what. We think he's damn good, but I don't know anybody on the face of the planet who drops in coverage from the defensive line and still gets a sack. Just doesn't work that way. So you want to know why he didn't get any sacks the last four games? Ask Matt Patricia if you still have his number, if you didn't burn the card, well, that and his then, number on it. Okay, then I'll, I'll further the conversation and peel the onion here. If Vic Fangio sat in the room with Howie and Howie says, okay, this guy's asking for more money, is it imperative for your defense that he's here? Is that is that where you want me to spend my money? What does Vic Fangio say? Uh, well, yeah, a, that's that. A, I mean, a, that's, I don't know, but B, I'd whisper in Vic's ear. Vic said, Jody Mack, what do you think? Pay him. Pay him. You need him. He's your best defensive player. Good luck trying to get pressure without blitzing, without Hassan Reddick. Good luck for that one, Vic. Yeah, I'd pay him what he, he deserves to be paid. Vic Fangio yeah, would say, you know what? Divert your dollars to linebacker and safety, and I'll be okay. Well, that's the thing. If you get an Andrew Van Ginkle who played very well for Vic in Miami last year, if you get him for eight million bucks, uh, then you can add another linebacker. You can add maybe two players. Plus, you get draft capital maybe later uh, with Hassan Reddick. So that's sort of the balls in play. You know, do you want three guys or do you want Hassan Reddick? Well, if you have competence in fix evaluation and confidence in being able to scheme up people. Maybe you want three players, maybe you want three players at those mid-level deals than the splashy deal. But yeah, so it all comes into play, but Vic will be a big part of it. And, you know, he drops linebackers into coverage, edge rushers into coverage more than most people. So that'll drive. Let me ask you guys a question. Those quote unquote, you just described it, John, mid level deals, which I think we all understand the kind of play that you're talking about when you make that reference. Who have been those key additions by the Eagles the last couple of years? Those mid level guys that they've gone out and gotten and plugged in and they've gotten the job done. One of them would be Kaiser White. Kaiser, yeah. Who they got one year out of and then he became, for their taste, more than a mid level player. And they didn't. They decided not to keep him. Instead, they went with guys. Well, the first year, Bradbury. Um, you know, what, what, what do you get? Ten million, nine million, ten million. I forget the number. He's in that range, um, and he was very successful uh, the first year. Unfortunately, it was not successful in the second year. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to hit. Uh, you got to hit on these decisions, and that's where the. But that's where the Eagles are on this defense. 
Because even if they get Hassan Reddick back, whatever the contract ends up to be, they got to add a hell of a lot more than Hassan Reddick to get this defense back in uh, a, a championship mode. So they they got to add multiple players and they got to figure out where they come from. And it might come from in-house. You know, how was already talking about N'Kobe Dean again? Nolan Smith, everybody's writing off. The Eagles aren't writing them off. You know, who knows? Nolan Smith may understand. I'm sure he got the instructions. Dude, you got to get stronger to play in this league. Right. He might be working out right now. He might have a great offseason in the weight room. He might come up as a completely different player. He, he, by the way, he played more snaps in the playoff game than any other game he played all season. So where did that all of a sudden come from? Like, hey, I got an idea. Let's play this guy we haven't played all season long in Matt the playoff Patricia, game. Man. Matt, so, yeah, well, at all ball linebacker too, occasionally, which was uh, a disaster. But, yeah. Um, um, so you're right, though. Like, that's why the Reddick thing is so interesting because they're in a spot where I think if they were in a different kind of position in there of where they were, they might be more inclined to say, okay, we can, we can handle that because we'll, we have other pieces, but they have so many pieces. Yeah. They, they have to, to change. You know, it's Kevin Byard. They're, also they're, they're, our best pass rusher in the process of trying to change our entire defense when you just brought in Vic Fangio. And I would imagine part now, I listen, I'm sure you didn't have to sell him all that much. He wanted to come here. No. Yeah. But part of it was probably look, Vic, we're going to make sure that we have players for you on defense. Unlike what we had last year. Yeah. Kevin Byard. I mean, he's not coming back under his contract, but Vic might want him and you might work out a restructured deal and you bring his number down and, give him uh, uh, another year. I, I have no idea what Vic wants, but they have to make all these decisions on the defensive side of the ball. Hassan Reddick is just one piece of the puzzle. And even if it works out with him, bang, you, you, you got to hit in a bunch of other places to get this defense back up to speed. Yeah, but Bayard's got no chance to come back on his contract. No, on his contract. They, they but, have to redo that. Yeah. Either he's cut and they move on, or they redo the deal. He's not coming back at the. the I would assume same with same Correct. with Maddox. Yeah, Maddox might not even be back to be honest, because they have Isaiah Rogers, who presumably is going to be reinstated from his gambling suspension, and obviously he's very cheap because of that interest. He has some talent. Uh, they might move on from Avante Maddox because uh, the injuries have been real. And if you can't count them to be on the field, it's tough to to move forward. And he's expensive for a nickel corner and all that kind of stuff. They they have a ton of decisions to make on the deep, a ton. And it's all got to fit together and it's all got to turn around. And, you know, if you're going to play this scheme, they got the guy you want running the scheme. So from that standpoint, um, I would argue they should shift away from the scheme, but that's a mood argument. They're not. So if you're going to play that way, this is the guy to have and, and get guys up to speed. Speaking of the scheme, we all know the Fangio defense doesn't blitz a lot, uh, unlike the Kansas City Chiefs who blitzed a lot in the Super Bowl. Well, one of the keys of playing the Fangio defense is having a defensive end, edge rusher, call what you want, who can win one-on-one, get to the quarterback, and make him throw the football, if not sack him. So you're going to take one of the better guys in the league and trade him away. Uh, my guess is Vic Fangio's not going to be happy. That He's going to go, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I'm a non-blitz guy. You got to give me a winner on the edge. I need one of the best edge pass rushers in the National Football League, not him playing for someone else and us getting a second-round pick that's going to take us a couple of years to develop. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think it's going to go over well for Vic. I think he would not be pleased if that's the route the Eagles end up taking. Yeah, and and I would also, you know, you talk about – we need to try to get more pieces on this defense. I don't want to have to get a piece for a position that I already have in-house in Reddick. Now, I know Reddick's asking for more money, but I don't want to have to replace him along with all the other problems I have. So I would imagine Fangio is pro- – it was suggested – somebody texted into my show the other day that um, Fangio, you know, doesn't value that position as much. He, he looks for linebackers and safeties so that um, – you know, that he might not be fighting for, for Reddick to stay. I said, well, if his buddy John Gannon has anything to say, hey, I'm sure there's a ringing endorsement there that you can get 16 sacks from this guy if you use him correctly. You by the way, Jody, it looked like. By the way, 19 and a half sacks when he when added, you added the, playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, 19 and a half. That's the season. That's why I think Hassan should have held in last year uh, more than this year. But we'll see how it shakes out. Before you got to go, Mike, I do want to ask you about Jalen Carter because Jalen Carter all of a sudden is having a social media feud with John Policiano, who's, you know, drunk and ripping his own teammates. And they're going back and forth. And Policiano, he seems to be like one of those old school, crafty offensive linemen that tries to get under people's skin. Um, and he said some untoward things to Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter said some untoward things back. Now, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm above board. The Eagles not only want to build their defense on the foundation of Jalen Carter. I maintain they have to. And it, it, you want some maturity. You want somebody you can count on. What 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 would be your advice to Jalen Carter when it comes to stuff like this? And so, oh, I mean. All of this is for all these guys is to, I mean, how do you get into a social media firestorm? It's just, I can't understand how through the test of time this happens. You see it, not test of time, I mean, over the last five years, this happens. And then one guy deletes his account, like nothing happened here. Like, I get it. You're a young guy. You're impulsive at times. But there's got to be a way that these teams can try to get these guys off of doing this stuff. Boy, I don't know, man. Yeah. They, these, these guys grow up with their phones attached. I, know, I mean, I know. Yeah. But I, you I'm, get to a certain point in life, you know, you don't see, well, I guess uh, the guy in Indianapolis is a, is an outlier, but you don't see the owner of the team out there tweeting up a firestorm of stuff like this owner's an idiot. And this guy was out drinking and yada, yada, yada. no, but somehow the players who have this feeling that like we should just go out there and, and air our dirty laundry uh, on a social media platform is just crazy to me in any, in any walk. I mean, I guess, look, what is going to become of it? Probably nothing. Right. But it's just an immature look for both guys. I mean, it's come on. Are you guys for real? Yeah. By the way, we did have Fletcher Cox on at the Super Bowl. Yeah, how was Vegas? We didn't say. uh, Who partied more, Mike Gill or Jason Kelsey? Bert Kreischer was the (laughs) partier. Bert Kreischer. Yeah. Um, 
And Fletcher, we tried to ask him six ways to Sunday whether he was planning on coming back, and he did not budge, man. He would not budge on that answer. Uh, so no feeling on that. And somebody said, well, what was his body language like? I said, he was sitting there with a camo hoodie, and he was as comfortable as can be. Are you planning on coming back? No, he had no no uh, change in his body language, nothing. So we'll see. But yeah, that's another difficult one because the Eagles, right. remember, the Eagles, they drafted Milton Williams in the third round. They drafted yeah. Jordan Davis with the, with the 13th pick. They drafted Jalen Carter with the ninth pick. Eventually, you got to jump in the pool to deep end with those guys. I will say, we asked him about what happened, and I thought it was a pretty powerful answer. He said, like, it saddens him to think about what happened to this team. Like, can't put my finger on it, don't have an answer, and it makes me sad to think about what happened to the team. I thought that was interesting. We also had Britton Covey on, and I know a lot of his comments got some – some. Um, yeah, that, that was unfair to Britton Covey. It was unfair, but I, we had him on, and he gave very, very uh, insightful, truthful answers to some of the questions. I mean, I thought he was excellent, and we saw him the next day on Radio Row, and, and he almost felt like, I mean, should I just not talk to people? Like, I felt bad for the guy, but yeah. – I don't think anything he said, like the stuff that he said to us was essentially, you know, I asked him, did the terminology change? Were the plays different from last? He said, we ran the same offense as we ran last year. The same names. Oh, that, the that, that's the problem. They ran right. the well, he, and, But he said, and teams adjusted to us yeah. over the offseason, and we didn't make the adjustment. And, and that, to him, he thought was the big problem was – he said, of course we have blitz packages and hot routes and all that stuff. He said, but teams, they adjusted to us and we didn't adjust. So one of the questions I asked him was, did you think you would have been better served to have a more veteran offensive coordinator at the beginning of the year? He said, I love Brian. He went to Utah. I thought he did a great job, but it wasn't his offense. And we probably would have been better off if we had somebody who was a little bit more a veteran at that job. And, and, and I thought he was being honest. Like, Hey, we had problems. Yeah. Britain's and, very honest, man. He is very, very honest. I, I give that kid a lot of credit. I, and yeah. and I thought he was excellent uh, with us. Uh, saw Devonte Smith and Jordan Davis uh, hanging around the bounty tent. They were, uh, they were out there for bounty. bounty. There was a lot of evil representation out in Vegas. Yeah. I, uh, obviously the Kelsey's uh, Jason we'll everywhere. Yeah, a lot of guys. Bounty, paper to, towels. What was the other Donovan one? McNabb for a little while. Good to see old number five. We'll always love you. Andy Reid. I saw you got the picture with Andy Reid again. That guy. That my guy's best, once my a best year, encounter man. of the week, Jody, was yeah. Joey Chestnut at the bar. No. Joey Chestnut was hanging? Sitting there all by himself, throwing back a couple pops. and Did, did, you, did you buy him a hot dog? He was there to – I did not buy him a hot dog. He was there to judge the uh, hamburger patty eating contest thrown by Max Crosby, and he was just sitting there at the bar, had a big old stein, and I walked up. I ordered a beer, and I looked over. I said, are you Joey Chestnut? Nice guy, 
hung out for like two hours. I mean, the guy hung out the whole, he hung out with us for the night. Good to know. Yeah. Well, it seemed like a good guy. Now, how do I judge? He's slamming hot dogs down his throat. His, what an amazing his, story. His eating interviews seemed like a good guy to me. Uh, I'm not surprised that you say that, Mike. What an amazing story. I asked him how he got into the whole. I mean, the story is unbelievable about how he kind of got involved in doing this and how he figured out that he could do it. You know, it's just like wetting the buns and all that stuff. By the way, uh, I asked him, has he kept in touch with Kobayashi? Yeah, Kobayashi. Yes. Legend. I was doing some digging at the bar, Jody. I Does was he, a journalist. Well, then give us the answer. Does uh, uh, Kobayashi still, text, yeah. is that the end of it? Do they talk twice a week? How, oh, how often do they converse? <laughs> he spoke to him, but that's all I got. That's all okay, I can give yeah, you. That's yeah. all I can give no. you. Did you meet Burt Kreischer? I did. I Bert was supposed to come on my show, and I think he may have been overserved. Um, ah, yeah. And was a little. I did talk to him twice um, about coming on, and I talked to his people. They actually emailed me the night before, confirming that he was coming over and that he would be coming from table sixty-five to just you know. And then at eleven twenty-nine, we were supposed to have him at eleven thirty. I got an email saying he wasn't going to make it. Oh, yeah. oh, he was overserved the night before. I was going to say that's a good time if you've been overserved in the morning. That is. Well, you're, yeah. you're having a good old time. He's supposed to be. Time. He's supposed to be a machine, Mike. He's supposed to be able to get through that. But uh, yeah, he was walking just... around. I think he might have been a little tired. All right, last thing, uh, Mike. Oh, Jody, Jody, I did see. I did see the Rock. Oh, you wow. saw him, but you didn't uh, converse. You didn't ask him. Did you go over to the press conference? Did you go over? The Rock. Uh, the Jordan Mailata was talking, and The Rock pushed everybody out of the way to go talk to Mailata. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the I Rock. saw that picture of Jordan. Jordan dwarfed uh, uh, Rock, and yeah. Rock's a big dude, man. To say he the is. least. And Jordan, Jordan was making the rounds. He was having a ham of a time. Yeah, good for him. All right, last thing before we let you go, Gil. Um, today you'll appreciate this as a radio guy. WIP is. Having fun with Valentine's Day, and uh, please feel free to leave a message for Jason Kelsey. Tell him how much you love him, how much you want him to stay, continue his career, blah, blah, blah. I've done a 180 on this. I've been saying all along I believed he was going to stay after this past week with interviews with every media outlet on the planet uh, and his brother winning and uh, him doing an interview on Chris Long's podcast saying, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles, not we, 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 we. Yeah, I've had to admit, yeah, if I'm a betting man now, I'm changing my bet. If I could buy back my he's playing bet, i double down on my he's not playing bet uh, now. But WIP is going to try and pull his heartstrings a little bit today. Where are you at on whether Jason Kelsey's going to be an Eagle or not next year? You know, that was a big topic, obviously. He was everywhere out there. And I'm thinking, okay, is this a sign – that he's enjoying this so much that he just doesn't want to go back to play, or is it? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a sign that all of this makes him want to go back and 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 stay a part of it. You know, there were some reports that he was meeting with executives and all that stuff. This guy will be able to do whatever he wants when he's done. In fact, WIP shouldn't be asking him uh, for to stay with the Eagles. You would think they were probably going to hire him to work there once he's done. So you don't want him going back to the Eagles. So don't take messages. Tell him to retire so you can get him on the, uh, uh, on the staff is what you would be doing. But I think that... All of this tells me I think Kelsey's going to play again. Wow. wow. And I was on your side, Jody, where I watched that Kelsey documentary and I felt firmly like he's married with the three girls and his whole thing in that video, in that prime video was it's, you know, it's tough to walk around and it's getting harder and harder. And I just don't know what I'm going to do afterwards. Well, he's got this podcast now. He's found what he wants to do. He's got the TV. He's got his next gig. He doesn't need to go back to this. But there's something that watching his brother win this. Yeah. Makes well, he, he doesn't want to lose to his brother again. Uh, he yeah. wants to take one more <laughs> shot at this. Now, if he comes uh, back, is that a sign that he thinks? Speaking of, Jordan, Jordan. Jordan. I, I forget which show, but Jordan was pretty now Jordan Jordan's first Jordan Mylotta I'm talking about. His personality is, you know, amped up as well. Um he said, Come on, man, he's not coming back. I, I you know either Jordan well, is trolling us if he or... comes back, is that a sign that he thinks this team is competitive enough? Oh, uh, he already said absolutely. he already said he said on Chris Long's podcast that the Eagles are very good, and they should be ready. And he, he kept saying, Jody brings this up. He kept saying the Eagles. He didn't say we. He kept saying the Eagles on Chris Long's podcast. He said they're very good, and he mentioned, I don't want that to play into my thinking. In other words, good, bad, indifferent. He doesn't want to come back just because they're a contender because of what you said and about his kids and can he handle the grind? Can he give the team everything? That's what he wants to focus on. Yeah. Um, and that's difficult. People say he's healthy. He ain't healthy. He's never healthy. He's tough. 
and he bites through stuff and he plays through other stuff that people would sit down every time at the end of the year, he is banged up to uh, sure. a ludicrous degree. I got to think though, he looks at that offense and a new coordinator coming in thinking we can be special with this offense. Maybe I give it one more shot. I, I have, I was on the other side too, Jody, where I said, I think he's done all the stuff that he said in that documentary makes it feel like, okay, I need to find what I'm going to do after the girls. He found that, you know, the every, I feel like he's going to, I think he's going to come back. Yeah. And here's one last piece of the puzzle. He's banged up. What'd you just say, John, to a ludicrous degree after every single season. Then what the hell is he doing riding the sled at the Pro Bowl? What the hell is he doing taking his shirt off and crawling out into the crowd to get a kid to bring him in? Self-medicating. If he's ludicrously hurt, then he should be sitting down and relaxing and taking care of himself. Jason, he laughs at ludicrously hurt. He turns his nose up at ludicrously hurt. I don't think that's why he's stepping away. If he steps away, so be it. Talks uh, about it all the time. Talks about it all the time. Because people said he's healthy. He said, I'm not healthy. Um, talks about it all the well, time. In the, in the in the Kelsey Prime video, he, he said, like, it's harder and harder just to walk out, get out of bed in the morning. So, I mean, this isn't news to people who play football. I mean, their bodies yeah. are beat up. They have a hard time. But as you age, that becomes more and more difficult to get out of bed and do things. But uh, I, I guess some people just uh, don't don't know anything else and, and and he has something else so if he's even thinking about it that shows you how much he loves playing he's got options that's a nice place to be when you have options yep. and jason's got a lot of options uh mr gill always a pleasure thank you very much for jumping on we will talk to you again next week at mike right, gill show you back on this uh afternoon two to six 97.3 mike gill show i am on two to six be listening and or texting Michael. He does the whole texting. We do the uh, check-in on our stream thing. We may even uh, respond to a couple of our streams here today. Thank you, Mike. Michael from down the shore here with us on Birds 365. Hey, Birds fans, here's your chance to save up to 40% on your car insurance right now from one of Jacob Sports' great partners. Here's what you need to do. Call one of their managing partners, that would be either Jim or Fran, and tell them you're a friend of Jacob Sports and Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got your Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Always fun talking to Mike Gill. Um, sounds like a good time out in Vegas last week on uh, Radio Row and everything. Hanging with Joey Chestnut and The Rock. Well, he didn't say he was hanging with The Rock, but he saw The Rock, uh, who is, uh, certainly was a major presence last week, Super Bowl week, and the WWE being out in Vegas as well. Uh, sounds like he had a good time. Good for Gil. Um, unfortunately, I'm the bearer of bad tidings. While Mike was on the uh, stream with us, I got a text from our buddy Brad Spielberger, who also was in Vegas last week, and maybe we hung around with Mike Gill too much. I don't know what the deal is. Or who was the guy who didn't make it the next uh, Bert day? Bert Kreischer, uh, the comedian, yeah, who was hanging out with Jason Kelsey. It might have been, uh, and I, maybe Spielberger was hanging out with both of them because he's paying the price right now. I texted me and said, hey, he can't even, he can't hear his voice. Um, he is well under the weather and uh, couldn't give us five minutes, let alone 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like we asked our guests to do. We said, yeah, I'm not a good guest for you guys today. His voice is completely gone and shot. So we'll try and get Brad on, if not later in the week, uh, maybe first thing next week, because he, it's funny. I When, when I booked him on Monday, I didn't know that uh, Hassan Reddick was going to come out on Tuesday and say, yeah, you know, the, 
for those of you who think I asked for a trade, I did not ask for a trade. The Eagles suggested I go out and see what my value is via a trade if there's another team that's going to be willing to pass. So the uh, cap aspect of this story became even bigger. So uh, Spielberg was even a better guest to have on today. He just can't answer the bell. He's under the weather, so we're not going to have Brad uh, joining us, which is unfortunate. Uh, but John and I will muddle through as best we can to give you uh, the cap standing. And here's what I think has been understated for this. Um, no problem with the Eagles saying, first of all, them being the one suggesting to him rather than him asking them. At the end of the day, you get to the same place, so it doesn't matter much who started the process, who suggested it, that that, that, that can be overemphasized. What I think has been underemphasized to this point is if they don't get something done, John, if either Hassan Reddick finds someone willing to pay him and they won't come up with the price that the Eagles are going to want to trade him and a deal doesn't get done and he comes back, uh, they can't compromise, get a deal done. A $21 million cap hit for a guy who you're going to watch walk away the next year as a free agent. The Eagles just don't do business that way. No. They no. almost always get it. They either get a deal done or they move on. And a lot of people think that's harsh reality of the National Football League. Yeah, it is. Guys who can still play get cut because their cap number is just unmanageable. The Eagles like to do business, pushing money a little bit further down the road. And they gave us on a big enough uh, bonus when he first signed to make this a larger. He's he's he averages $15 million a year. It was a three or $45 million deal that they did. Well, then why is he 21 million against the cap this year? Because that's the way they structured the contract. So they had easier cap hits the first two years of the deal. Well, it gets heavy in the third year. If you don't get an extension done and able to spread it out over a longer period of time, that that's tough. $21 million cap hit is like the kind of money you want your quarterback counting against your cap, not an edge rusher counting against your cap. So Hassan Reddick does have a little leverage here, John, because the Eagles yeah, don't the want Eagles to don't, have... No. Uh, if you look at the deal, so as you mentioned, three years, $45 million. Hassan's cap number in the first year was 3.9 million. In the second year, last year, it was up to just under 7 million. And obviously, you got to pay the piper this year um, to the tune of almost 22 million. Uh, and they have a void year next year, which is near 15 million, where you get to the full uh, value of, of the contract. So, Year one, 1.7% of the cap. Year two, he accounted for 3%. This year would be 9%. That's a big number for one that player, is, 9% yeah. of the cap. The Eagles don't want to don't don't want him to play under the fight. So there's a sense of urgency for both sides uh, to a certain degree. Um and since uh, Brad is sick, hope you're better, Brad. If you're listening, I uh, hope you get better. He did uh, do a story uh, at, at PFF, I think it was yesterday, uh, about four major moves that could shake up the NFL um, as free agency kicks off. Uh, Justin Fields uh, being traded was one of them to Pittsburgh. 
Uh, Hassan Reddick, because of what's going on, he had him going to the Houston Texans, who are now all of a sudden a legitimate contender. Um, and, you know, so their thought process is changing. Um, and what he had coming back was the 59th overall pick, second rounds, uh, but late second rounds, um, obviously. Um, is that good enough? It better be. If Howie's going to hold the line and say, well, no, it has to be a high second round pick. You gave him permission to go out and find a team that's willing to pay him what he wants. And if that team doesn't have a high second round pick and you're saying, oh, we got to get a high second round pick in exchange. Sorry, it's not going to work that way. And then he's going to say, all right, well, I guess here's be, hold, the thing. On, hold on, hold on. I think I just pulled my hamstring. Yeah, I'll show up for camp, but don't expect me to be out there on that field. You said earlier he's a professional. He didn't do it this year. It might have been advisable that he did the holdout thing this year. Oh, if they don't get a deal done, John, and he's coming back and reporting for camp, he's not going to be playing. He's not going to be out there on the field. I think that professional uh, nature of Hassan Reddick goes out the window. If he gets an offer from a team, at a dollar figure he wants, and now he puts the kibosh on it because they're not offering enough in trade. You can't you can't hold it against the sign Reddick for being upset. Now, no, I can't, but ultimately week one. I'm not talking about training camp. I don't care about training camp, but ultimately week one, I think he unfortunately <laughs> I shouldn't say unfortunately, I'm saying it facetiously, not for fans, not for the Eagles. But I think he's too professional to to set out games. Um, I could be wrong, but everything I've learned about Hassan leans me in that direction. Houston, interestingly enough, um, they have Will Anderson. Everybody knows defensive rookie of the year. Um, so they have what the other side. They have Jonathan Grenard, who had a pretty good season and is set to be a free agent. And I bring him up because Brad also does the free, and he's the best in the business when it comes to contract um, predictions. And by, I mean, by far best in the business. Um, and he's got Grenard as the one, two, three, four, five, six best edge rusher available in free agency. And the project, his projected contract is basically Hassan's previous contract. Three years, $15.75 million, little inflation, $31.75 million guaranteed. A lot cheaper, um, you know, maybe in essence a weird trade, you know, bringing Jonathan Grenard as a free agent. You're, you're back at a more... Um, How old is Grenard? He is uh, 26. Okay. Uh, he'll so that, turn that, 27. That's the key aspect. That's the key element because I'm sorry. He's just not as good a player as, as uh, Hassan Reddick No, but, but he's younger. Yeah. He's younger, and you're projecting over the life of whatever his contract is going to be. The drop-off isn't going to be as predictable, and you have to at least be open-minded to – yeah, it may all of a sudden kick in with Hassan that he's over 30 years old. And you do start to see the decline. Um, if you're telling me there's he's going to be a $15 million a year player, 
I, I'd more take my chance with Hassan Reddick being a $22 million a year player than I would with Grenard being a $15 million. And another one, that, now here's what I also like about Brad, because you, you're going to have a spree agency creeps closer, March 13th, 14th, I forget the exact date, but um, where legal tampering can begin. You're like, oh, you should go out and get Brian Burns. You should go out and get Josh. They're getting franchised. All right, right, right. If they don't work it out, they're not going to be on the market. So, and what what is the franchise? And see, this is where I'll, I'll fault the NFL, the Players Association, at least for my line of judgment. They don't have well enough defined positions when it comes to franchise tags because Hassan Reddick is unique. He's not a linebacker. I know you have to list him somewhere on your depth chart at a position, but you know he's not. I know it. I don't care what stupid Matt Patricia decided to do and have him dropping in coverage more often than they did previously. And yeah, I know you're going to say, Fangio's going to drop him in coverage. Get ready for it, Joe, because Fangio's going to do it too. Less than Patricia did would be my prediction. Um, it's the, the hard and fast money that's tied to your position just seems to be wrong. They did the, the the players union needs to do a better job of negotiating that. What what un, under what position would Burns be listed and what would his franchise number be? Um defensive ends and 22.79 um and Josh Allen as well. 22.79. Whether you want to call it edge rusher, they've actually uh, if 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 Hassan Reddick was in that position, they would consider him an edge rusher. Uh, so whether you want to call it defensive end linebacker for the for the for do the you know that for company, a fact? Yes, I do know that for a fact. Um, Daniel Hunter, because um, teams have category. fought the fight before with linebackers. Yeah, because the linebacker uh, um, designation carries much less of a franchise cap number. Yeah. Then does so they have the they have clearly defined that from a contract standpoint of all ball or or stacked versus uh edge rusher, edge defender, whatever you want to call it. Um so all the guys like the Vikings play the Fangio or did play the Fangio scheme. So Hunter turned from uh they didn't play it under Flores, but the year before, so he went from defensive end to Sam linebacker, but he's still in the edge defender category. Um, your guy, Bryce Huff, uh, um, is in there. Chase Young, Bernard, Jadavian Clowney, Zadarius Smith, who's another linebacker type. Josh Uche, who's another. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Sam linebacker. They're all How Andrew Van Leonard Ginkle. Floyd now these days? Uh, 31. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle uh, played in the Fangio scheme last year. He's with the edge rushers. Uh, so, yeah, it, they've at least got that right. But you're right. Um, you know, one of the things, it could be offensive line. For It's offensive line. Uh, you know, tackles, uh, centers, guards. You know, you got to better define. They They need to better define things. And for fans, they need to better define things. To be perfectly honest, it's one of my pet peeves. It, it, I, I see it all the time again. Fangio is going to play 3-4. Fangio is a 3-4 guy. Shut up! 
You just watched it for three, three years. Yeah. It drives not, me insane. That's what I said. It's on Reddick linebacker. You know he's not. I know he's not. The Eagles know he's not. Some people still cling to the belief that he is. And if you tell me that if the Eagles tried to go down that road, and it's irrelevant because he's under contract and we're not talking about a situation where he could have a franchise tag slapped on him, but that's a good starting point if I'm his agent. Listen, if he were, if we had only done a two-year deal and he was a free agent this year and you had the option of slapping a franchise tag on him, would you? And if Howie Roseman's answer is, yeah, probably, well, then why don't we start at $22 million? If that's the franchise tag for a, he's certainly a franchise tag level player, anybody who argues he's not is ridiculous. Now, you get into the conversation of years. A franchise tag's one year, so you can just play for that one year. You're not extending. You're not looking at uh, taking a off the drop off the cliff type year like Bradbury and then have to pay for it. Not only suffer through the year he's having, but then pay for it down the road thereafter with the way you structure the contact. I get it. One year is one year, which is uh, usually a good thing for a team. But that's the value, isn't it? If you're looking at, well, we, we, we're going to try and hold the line at $20 million rather than close to 22 would you say it was, 8 9 uh, 22, 22.79. 79. Yeah. That's where I'd and Brad's start my got, uh Brad's got Josh Allen and Brian Burns as the top two edge rushers. Uh, and they'll both be franchised if things, if their teams, respective teams can't work things out. So the first guy on the market would be Hunter. The second guy would be Bryce Huff. Uh, the third would be Chase Young. Chase Young's interesting because nobody's going to give him a long-term deal. He might have to take that one-year deal for $14, 15000000 and go right back. Would you take a flyer on Chase Young at, say, one year? Brad's got – let's see what Brad – Brad has him at uh, one year, $15 million. Would you take a flyer on that – and you know, because that that has some upside, but he takes plays off. I don't right. know. He's and got a lot of talent. Here's the downside to it again. Same as Hassan Reddick. If you're you're talking about plugging him into the Eagles, the Eagles, just in general, I'm not talking every single day. I didn't say that, but in general, they don't like to do one-year deals because they carry a significant cap hit with them. Like Hassan Reddick is scheduled to carry this year. Here's the problem. Not only are you paying him $15 million, not only are you using the valuation of $15 million, and you're taking up $15 million of cap space. They'd rather do a $15 million yeah, they deal throw with avoidable years thereafter. Yeah, they could still do it, but they could structure that, that it. One, in you, you asked me one year, $15 million. Well, remember Howie, Howie does things in, you know, in, in, in the case of, you know, he'll also think about, well, if he plays really well, you know, which you want, and he and he's on the market again, then worst case scenario, you're getting a third round compensatory pick if you manipulate things the right way. Um, and again, you have to be in a position, and that's what Howie's really good at. He's not only thinking about 2024, he's thinking about 2025 and 2026, so... Um, you have that little fail safe, 
and who knows where he thinks he's going to be. He might say, no, we're going to, we're going to be impactful in free agency and we're not going to get that compensatory. So a lot of things can factor into it, but um, there, there's a lot of ways they can go. Um, and there's a lot of players that are going to be available. And again, I think the most obvious is Van Ginkle because he's got the history with Big Fangio and he's coming off a really good season. Um, and he would be relatively cheap when compared to the top edge rushers on the market. So everybody went, Brian Burns, forget about Brian Burns. I saw somebody mention Brian Burns. You're not getting Brian Burns. Um, Josh Allen, you're not getting Josh Allen. You're not getting Daniel Hunter. Um, but when you start going down what the do you list. What going to happen with Hunter? The, the top two, you're right. They're, they're never getting out of the grasp of their team. Uh, but they had hold-in issues with Daniel Hunter, and it is a different defense from the one that uh, he had put up some pretty damn good numbers in. How do you think that shakes out? Well, he's got some of the issues, Hasana, because he's 29. So I don't think he's turning 30 this year. It's amazing. He's been around forever. He came in the league really young, and he's been really productive. But, you know, he, Brad's got him at three years, 21.67. So 40 million guaranteed. So still pretty darn expensive. I, I think he had 15 and a half sacks last year. I mean, the guy's tremendously productive. I think he's leaving because Minnesota's got to extend uh, Jefferson and they have to either re-sign Kirk Cousins or figure something out at quarterback. I mean, that's number one. And Jefferson's not going to be happy if they don't have a high volume thrower. So they got a lot of issues. That's a bad GM, by the way. Let me let me let me ask you about that bad GM. Um, if Cousins, for whatever reason, just they can't get a deal done with him, which I think they will. If if I ask you, you ask me who's going to be the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings this year, I'd tell you Kirk Cousins. Uh, but it's not a hundred percent. If not, could the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings be a former University of Minnesota player, Russell Wilson? Because we've all kind of forgotten about what the Broncos Russ, did to well, Russell. He went to Wisconsin, Russ. Russ oh, went me. to uh, uh, North right. Carolina like, State. Uh, Boy, I, I don't think so. I don't. I, if, if Minnesota goes in a different direction, I think they're going to trade up to get somebody like Jaden Daniels. They're going to go young. They're not going to pay they're not because the issue with that you don't is, have you don't have to pay Russell this year. Well, he's going to get paid from the Broncos if if he gets released, he's going to play for the veteran minimum. Uh, he's going to get to pick or choose wherever the hell he wants to go. And if he says, "Yeah, you know, throwing to that Jefferson guy could revive my career," you well, can get Russell could. Wilson I, on a very cheap contract. I would not want anything to do with it if I'm Minnesota. I I would want to go young. If I'm moving on from Cousins, I would want to go young. I'm a big Cousins guy. I think he's the, maybe the most underrated quarterback in the league. Pat Mahomes agrees with me, by the way. Uh, but he's also coming off an Achilles, and he's 36. So how healthy is he going to be? And he's still getting $40 million maybe. Um, so I don't know if I'd go that way if I'm Minnesota. 
and I don't want another veteran, if I'm going to move on, if you're going to turn the page, turn the page and go get somebody. But I don't have any confidence in that GM. I mean, his drafting has been abysmal. It's been, been abysmal. Uh, and he's only been there for two years. Now, he did get Jordan Addison last year, turned into quite a bit of player. The first year, I think they had the 11th pick. They traded down twice and ended up with Lewis Seen, who they're going to cut, hasn't been gotten on the field at all. And Andrew Booth, who's even terrible, has turned out to be terrible. I, I know they passed, they, they think about all the players they passed up on that year. Um, Jamison Williams is the guy, Detroit, and they traded him to Detroit. Now, Jamison Williams was hurt at the time. And he hasn't turned into <clears throat> anything yet, but you saw him with that end around yeah, in the flashes. playoff game. He shows flashes. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, he's so. Uh, and they wouldn't have taken a wide receiver anyway. But you know that was to Jordan Davis here, Kyle Hamilton, on and on and on. And they took a safety, Kyle Hamilton sitting there, and he got Lewis. C. I mean, that is that that that. that it's not it that's bad. Hideously that's bad. bad draft. I, I will uh, agree with you on the Delfomensu on that one. He's McMahon, we're McDonald. We still gotta get a couple breaks in here. Um, in case you're just joining the stream, uh, we apologize. We had promoted that Brad Spielberger from DFF and overthecap.com was gonna jump in with us. Brad's under the weather. It wasn't uh, that we didn't get the Brad or anything. He just, he turned up sick. He brought something back. I thought whatever happened in Vegas was supposed to stay in Vegas. Apparently not. Brad brought it home and got sick, a little under the weather. We'll try and get him on later in the week or first thing next week. Uh, but Mac and Mac coming back. We've still got plenty of Birds 365 to go. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You've got pack of mac I'm McClone, Jody McDonald here with you on Bird Street 65. Um, we roll to the top of the hour, and then we'll figure out who the hell we're going to have on tomorrow. Hopefully, Brad Spielberg, I get in touch with him later today, and he says, oh, I feel great. Uh, we'll see if uh, Brad could join us, couldn't join us today. Um, John, you and I discussed this on Monday's show, and it deserves free more discussion today. Because um, Kyle Shanahan, I guess, doubled down on his – we know what we wanted to do going into overtime stance that he was asked about, certainly as soon as the game ended. Um, I took a pretty strong stance against him on social media. We started the show talking social media. I'm going back to social media now. I uh, tweeted out when he made the decision to take the football to start overtime as coaching malfeasance. Uh, you just can't. It's, I don't care what the analytics say, and he quoted the analytics. First of all, I don't believe there it. are no analytics. By the way, that never happened before. That's right. And they had zero times, but yeah. I guess you could uh, say that uh, as per college football, where the rules are set, I don't even know what yeah. analytics they leaned on. I don't believe him. Um, he is standing by. They had a plan, and they stuck to it, and they did what they. Uh, thought was uh, they should have done that if it went into overtime, they, they had their plan play. Apparently, the one thing he kind of left out of the plan was because he harped on, well, we wanted the ball third. Because if we scored and the Chiefs scored the same third. exact thing, now we have the ball and it's sudden death. So that's advantage San Francisco. Oh, except for the fact that Andy Reid came out and said, of they had scored a touchdown, we had scored a touchdown. We're going for yeah. two. You're never we gonna got, get a third position. We got Patrick Mahomes. We're gonna take our chances. One play, all the money on the line. I got the best quarterback on the planet. I'm gonna go for two. Did that not dawn as a possibility on Coach Shanahan and all the geniuses that run the San Francisco 49ers? Did you not at least factor that in as a possibility when you said, Oh, it's advantageous if we get the ball third? Never happening. You're not getting the ball third. It's not going to happen that way. So yeah. uh, shame on Shanahan. I still say it. I haven't changed my mind at all. But he continues to attempt to defend himself and the organization that they were uh, primed and ready to go and already had the uh, yeah. thing wow. back out. Oh, except some of your players, Coach, came out and said, it was never discussed when I was around. And that's 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 the take. Look, there's that's the problem unfortunately it's tough for those guys to admit a mistake because if they admit a mistake, um, you know, you run with it. I mean, we were just talking about social media with Jalen Carter, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, 
it's it's become a toxic situation. So in so many ways, when it comes to coaches, this is half the reason. I always talk about one of the best things about the XFL, I always say, the television broadcast was they would mic up the coaches and you would get to hear the coaches and the play calling and things like that. It was very educational if you're interested in that kind of stuff. And, you know, you start to yourself, well, you know, that's pretty innovative. Why can't the NFL? The NFL, the NFL coaches don't want, don't want anybody no, listening. No, in. no, no, no. You you hear them make a mistake? Are you kidding me? I mean, they will. Nobody's watching the XFL. All all people do is parse everything. So um, to admit a mistake in that type of situation, I get why he didn't. It was clearly a mistake, as you mentioned. None of the players stinking knew, Jody. One of them said he saw it on the scoreboard for the first time. They put the rules on the scoreboard. Exactly. So, and meanwhile, the Kansas City players are saying, we talked about that in training camp. Uh, Andy was, and, and 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 that's Andy, by the way. I completely believe that uh, because that's just the way he is. But And I always joke, Andy can tell you a schedule in 2026. Never mind. You know, as the Eagles move from Novacare to Lincoln Financial Field or shift from 230 to – 1230 or 1230 to 2 30. Andy knows his exact stinking day right two years from now. That's the kind of guy he is. But and obviously there's you know unforeseen things that make you change at certain points, but he's very well prepared, and that's part of his greatness. They didn't know what they were doing. I maintain they had no idea. Now they can't know that Andy was going to go for it. If if they scored a touchdown, he scored a touchdown. Right he was going to end up right there. They should think about it because if you kick the extra point, then you're putting the game in back in uh, San Francisco's hands, and all they need is a field goal. Game's over. So it certainly should have entered their mind that hey, you know, he might go for two. So this whole third possession thing he's leaning on, he just doesn't want to admit a mistake, and that's right. fine. A lot of people don't want to – certainly coaches, they don't like to admit mistakes. Everybody makes them. Um, I just made one, and I, I feel that – you were talking about it, and I was mentioning the offensive linemen and the franchise tags. Um, You know, one of the issues to me with the franchise tags is they, they lump all the offensive linemen together. Uh, so centers, guards, tackle, obviously tackles are the highest paid position. So you, you, you really can't franchise tag a center because the number, the projected number is going to be 19.9 million for the franchise tag. Now to your point where I made a mistake, Defensive end versus linebacker, yeah, they still have it at that. The linebacker position um, is actually has a higher projected franchise tag than defensive end. So you can't franchise tag an all-ball linebacker. Say Fred Warner, if it came up to that, and they, that's not in the situation the 49ers are in. But are you going to pay a... An all-ball linebacker, $22.8 million? Right. They've done a lousy job at parsing the position and how it's described and how they're grouped together for the franchise tag. There, there are positions 
they pay a price for it, and there are positions that actually benefit from it. That if you happen to be one of those guys who plays a position, but uh, like it's you said, a, yeah, it's amazing. It's does it's, Fred Warner get the benefit of the fact that he is grouped with guys who are getting paid that kind of money as a guy who gets to the quarterback? Um, it, it well, it actually, yeah, it would if 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 they would consider Fred, but the point is they would never consider franchise tagging him because of that particular, even though as good as he is, if you better defined it, and the same thing with think about pro bowls and positions and, and things like that, because that's meaningful when it comes to contracts, it surprises me they haven't better defined it, but you know, you've been doing this show for me a long time now. We're over 700. It's always been my pet peeve that they don't better define this stuff and better educate uh, uh, better educate people. But they don't even care from a contract standpoint. Until they need to care. And then yeah, until sudden, they when you have cap it. issues, now yeah. you care a lot. So yeah. that's where it gets under my skin a little bit. All right, let's uh, take our final time out of the day. Mac and Mac coming back. We got to put a bow on the show. And there's one more thing I want to get into, John, with the uh, – uh, Super Bowl ending and going for it, kicking and rather than taking a ball, whatever. I also came down on the, uh, the the color analyst of the Super Bowl as well, and I'm kind of standing by it. But John made a point just in the last 20 minutes and made, gave me pause that maybe I shouldn't be on his case as much as I did because I thought Romo fumbled the football badly uh, at that stage of the broadcast. I thought we'll come back and uh, give you that for the last. 10, 12 minutes of Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mag and Mac here with you on Bird 365. We're coming down the home stretch. I, I teased this before we went to break. I need your opinion on this. I gave Romo a ration of you-know-what on social media afterwards because I thought he did a poor job of when they said we'll take the ball uh, in overtime. I immediately screamed at the TV and said, what, what, whoa, no, 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 no. What are you doing, Shanahan? They talked about the, he and Nance, uh, the excitement of the overtime, blah, 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 and they're going to break. So now they got three minutes minimum, and the commercials run longer during the Super Bowl. It could have been four, four and a half. I didn't check the exact length. But they've got a chance to figure out what they're going to say next coming out because they're coming out of break. And Nance uh, teed him up for a second guess and said, under the new rules of overtime in the playoffs, are you surprised that they decided to uh, take the ball rather than kick off? And I thought it was an obvious answer. Shoot, yeah, I'm surprised. What the hell is Santa Ann thinking? Romo went down the road of, well, it's debatable, but if you believe your defense is tired and they were just out there on the field because after a three-and-a-half-minute break, so it wasn't like they had to go immediately back out there. And, oh, by the way, they took the ball, had a nice lengthy drive, kept possession of it. It was a good drive. I think everybody forgets it was a darn good drive. Inside the 10, the whole debate of whether he should have gone for the touchdown on fourth down or not, uh, or uh, he, I think he should have played for two downs. They they had it on third and four, and they decided to go empty backfield, which was foolish. And again, Shanahan doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Usually he's got right guys on the field, right play call, everything else. I do second guess that, guess that one a little bit too. Uh, but he did, whatever. It took them, they, they took a lot of time off the clock to get down there. So it should have been a well-rested defense coming back out onto the field. How'd that work for you, San Francisco? I know you got to make the, the decision in the moment, but then you can look at the results thereafter. That didn't work either. Uh, but I gave Romo a ration of crap because I thought he should have second-guessed him. He chose not to. Do you believe the NFL at any time flexed their muscles with CBS and said, stop this guy from telling our plays ahead of time yeah i i said that uh way before i you know people giving tony a lot of crap he he came in and was spectacular everybody loved him and he was basically reading you know mainly the offense from you know his extensive experience he was very smart quarterback sorry eagles fans but uh, didn't get over the top, so you can enjoy that. But he's very smart at what he did, and he can read defenses, and he would tell you what was going to happen uh, or what should happen. You know, sometimes the quarterback can't read the defense like he could read the defense. Sure. I may, I've said that to you. I said, 
I think the NFL said, dude, come on, stop. And he hasn't been as good. I truly believe that. I don't have any proof of that. But right, same here. Why would, he, why would he stop? Why Why would he? And people are saying the game is about, no, it hasn't. It's devolved. Trust me. He knows what's going on. Christian McCaffrey is on the Manning cast. And people are like, wow, Christian knows the Eagles plays. Christian knows everybody's plays. It ain't hard for these guys. The smart players and 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 the guys who really study the game, um, yeah. I there's no doubt in my mind whether it came from CBS itself or whether whether it came from uh, the league. Somebody told Tony to stop it, um, and I don't right. know oh, why. Sure it wasn't I'm, CBS. I'm sure CBS was told, "Hey, we're partners here. We're allowing you to broadcast. We're allowing you to make." millions of dollars in advertising with our product. There was a conversation had ahead of time that we're going to uh, inform you how we think your team is doing their job, how they are on the air. And we're going to work together on this. And when we ask you to kind of scale a guy back, we expect to scale a guy back. Oh, I believe that groundwork was laid ahead of time. They probably hope that they never have to have that conversation. You and I are of the same belief. They had it about Romo. And then oh, he yeah. was just dipping too much. I, 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 our, our, our buddy Colin Thompson, who's a backup tight end, third string tight end. Now you, you could watch a game with Colin. He can tell you what's going on offensively uh, as a third string tight end on, on teams. He wasn't on. Um, it's not hard for those guys. And it, it's specifically not hard for a quarterback like, like Tony Romo. Um, so something happened. Um, and I don't know where it came from, but uh, yeah, they didn't want him saying, oh, the ball's going here, the ball's going there, for whatever reason. I thought it added to it. I don't know if people oh, you you, you You know the answer, John. Not for whatever reason. You gave us the answer 20 minutes ago. Yeah. The NFL doesn't want to be second-guessed. The coaches don't want to be second-guessed. They don't want you to know ahead of time that they can fit. If a guy can figure out the play up in a booth, well, why can't the defense figure out what you're going to run ahead of time? They no. don't want that public well, guys. I talked about Tom Brady being on Steve Young's podcast, similar type of thing, um, when he was talking about modern quarterback play. Yeah, they don't want that no, out there. No, no, um, no, no, no. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me because we have this play-calling discussion. I said I've been trying to explain for three years, and Tom explained it in five words because he's Tom Brady. Um, you know, we're calling probabilities. Um, and boy, they don't want to boil down that well. They don't, no, they, they, no, no, no and, no. and, and you know, because of the way fans react, they really do think it's brain surgery and they really do think it's, you know, they do this all with the, the, the numbers and a, again, third and short, you're probably going to get man to man, uh, probably. Uh, so you call your 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 uh, man beaters. You know, if it's third and fourteen, you're probably going to see some kind of cover two quarters coverage, and, and you do what you need to do. You do your best, and that's what Tom was explaining. Um, and if it doesn't work out that way, you as a quarterback got to be able to diagnose it, and got to be able to get your team in the right play, and that's what sets people like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and, and Patrick Mahomes apart. And, and best indication of that was inside the NFL, the Super Bowl. 
everybody killing Jonathan Gannon. Um, they didn't even call the right play. Patrick got them in the right play. Right. On field. In on field situation. The Travis Fulgham game was another example. Remember the Travis Fulgham COVID game in Pittsburgh and everybody was killing the Eagles because they had Nate Gary. I think it was on Chase Claypool. That was Ben Roethlisberger at the time looking at the defense and saying, I have this matchup and going right to it and banging and doing it at the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah. And they don't, they don't want people knowing it's simple. But that's why this Eagle offseason, there's change. You, you might not be happy that Nick Sirianni is still here. They changed out both coordinators. And every football game is at least in part a chess match between one team's offense quarter, the other team's defense quarter, and then vice versa. That's what it is. And they're worked through the quarterback. The quarterback has to be the one to make that split-second decision and get him in the right. But the way that it's laid out ahead of time is the work of the two coordinators, and they're the ones who are making that call. My, my, biggest, my biggest criticism of Chip Kelly back in the day was that if you – woke up one day and had the power to do whatever he wanted and said, Hey Chip, I'm going to get you Tom Brady. He wouldn't have wanted him. He, 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 he wanted to run his scheme. And if you have a, if you have a, a coach like that and you're an owner, get the hell away from him, get, get away from him as quickly as possible. Cause every single team in this league should be fighting to get a quarterback that can run things from the line of scrimmage. Every single one of them all 32 of them and right. many of them i would say more than 50 percent are not and i hate to say this folks i think we do not know if jalen hurts is of that level i hope he can get there i don't think he's surely not on Mahomes' level but yet. here's my question to end the show to you jody do the eagles want that are the eagles one of that 50 percent that wants somebody that could run the game from the line of scrimmage. Again, I don't know, but the guy who's probably going to have to make that call more than anybody else is Kellen Moore, who hasn't shown us anything yet. We don't know what Kellen Moore is. Yeah. Who's going to make that decision more than anybody else? I'll tell you what they did this year, and I've been well on record about this, and I, I think I'm out there, out there more on an island than, than anybody else. I think they gave Jalen a ton of responsibility this year. I think he was calling lots of Brian Johnson threw him under the bus two weeks running. You were there. You were part of the guy sitting there when he said, you know, uh, you're complaining about the running. Every play we have has a run pass aspect to it. Yeah. I don't, he does the math and he figures out which call is going to work yeah. better. You and I, so, you, I, I think Brian was just trying to educate people. I, 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 I don't think he was throwing them under the bus. I think he was just explaining the modern game, the modern environment, every play's got uh, two sort of, there's two calls to every play, um, depending on well, the then numbers if that's you the see. Case, how, did, how did Chip Kelly ever work in the NFL? What do you mean there's two plays? Chip would call a play. If Chip is leaving it up to the quarterback, no, Chip, he's not no, as egregious as, no. you must run my system. No, well, no. The difference is, you, you, the difference is, and, and chips, it's very simple, simplified college RPO based offense. There's still the, the RPO by nature is run pass option. Um, so all of those plays had, you know, 
design, that, that design. Uh, and then as you expand out from it, which he didn't do enough of, it was too, and it worked early because of the tempo. He, he was ahead of the game when it came to the tempo and Bill Belichick knew it as well. He just had a filter. Um, and that's why he would invite Chip Kelly in to pick his mind about the tempo aspect and then take away the bad stuff from it. Um, but no, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it comes from the college game. The innovation trickles up in the NFL and because of the lack of practicing and all that stuff we talk about all the time, Jody, a lot of coaches don't feel they have the time to teach people properly. So they try to simplify things as much as possible. And that's where the chip stuff comes in first and foremost. Others have kind of expanded. And by the way, I think the Eagles and Nick Sirianni, at least early, because remember where Nick comes from. Nick came from Indianapolis. Nick loves Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was one of those guys who could run the show from the line of scrimmage. That's a good thing. He wanted to have that guy. He was working towards having that guy. Will it continue? I don't know enough about Kellen Moore. But it's better than to at least want that guy than be some of these teams that are like, like my my biggest concern with the Eagles, this goes bad. Lincoln Riley's the head coach. Then you got a guy who's just run my system. We agree on that. If you can have that quarterback, you want that quarterback. The problem is I don't know yet whether Jalen is that quarterback. No, I don't know that either. But I think they're fighting to get him there, which I think is a good thing. And I think they gave him uh, all the control to be that guy that this year and unfortunately took a step backwards. Hopefully he takes another step forward again next year. All right. Uh, Mac and Mac done for the day. Thank you very much for streaming in, everybody. Um, you can hit the like button on the way out the door if you so desire. Uh, Mike Gill was fun today. He's a goofball. Uh, so don't like McMullen and McDonald, like Mike Gill. Uh, but hit the like button on the way out. Uh, we're back again tomorrow. Uh, my bud, uh, Jeff Knock from InsideTheEagles.com is going to jump in with us. Uh, so be back here with Mac and Mac on Bird Street 65 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place. 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 